Support for the Capital Connection comes from New York State United Teachers, working to support students, educators, and public schools as the center of their communities with Public Schools Unite Us initiative and United University Professions, representing 37,000 academic and professional employees at SUNY campuses and teaching hospitals across New York State. Frederick E. Cole, President, UUPinfo.org. It's the Capital Connection. Hi, I'm David Gistina. This week with Catherine Nano, New York Renews Staff Supervisor. Catherine is one of the people who helped enact New York's na- nation-leading Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, among other state environmental laws, and serves as Catskill Mountain Keepers Deputy Director. You can find out more at nyrenews.org or catskillmountainkeeper.org. We're going to talk about all of that and much more. But first, we welcome to the Capital Connection for the first time, Catherine Nando. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much, David. I'm delighted to be here. Now, let's explain to our listeners what New York Renews is, what the organization is, who are its partners and membership, and what it has been doing and what it's trying to do in New York. Thank you so much. So New York Renews is a unique coalition. We are the state's largest Climate Justice Coalition, we are made up of more than 360 organizations in every corner of the state. And we've been working together for nearly a decade and have passed nation-leading laws, including the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, which has set the stage for climate action in New York State and set the example for climate action throughout the country. Catherine, what is the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act? What does it do? Absolutely. So the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act is New York State's hallmark law. And what it does is it sets targets for New York State to reach zero greenhouse gas emissions with renewable energy in every economic sector by 2050. It provides strong labor protections to create and support homegrown New York jobs. And it works to provide justice for communities that have been marginalized, left behind, and need that extra support to make the climate transition that New York State is currently taking on. Well, and the devil's in the details here. So how much progress uh, (laughs) has been made since uh, this law has been passed? Yeah, the law was passed in 2019. And in that amount of time, New York State has gone hard at implementing the law in a lot of different ways. Now, there is always more work to do, and we'll talk about that, right? There are places where we need to do more because the climate crisis is here, is impacting New Yorkers every single day, and we need swift and strong action in order to both slow the damaging effects of the climate crisis and also to invest in our community to make sure that the people here in New York will survive and not only that, will thrive in the future ahead of us. 
So there's a lot more to be done. But in the time since the law was passed, since 2019, we've made great progress. Just this past year, the state has come out with a plan called the scoping plan, which is going to set, which sets the stage for how we need to move forward with this transition both in reducing our greenhouse gases and in increasing the amount of money we're putting into communities throughout the state to make this transition, to do the nuts and bolts work of actually transitioning our economy, which means moving to remove fossil fuels, gas, and oil from buildings, to remove fossil fuel burning from transportation, and the all of the different opportunities and challenges that come along with that. So we have this plan that came out, and now the state is moving forward on drafting regulations to actually start making this plan a reality. And we're also moving forward with investments. We're moving forward with putting money into communities and into programs that are going to allow us to do all of this great work. Yeah, and you mentioned this coalition of 360 organizations. Can you give us a sense of who some of these folks are and how they come together, even financially? How does this organization work? So New York Renews, like I said, it's a coalition, and it's made up of more than 360 organizations across the state, from labor groups like the Alliance for Greater New York to Citizen Action, working on environmental and economic justice, to Greenface, which is a faith-based organization, to the People's Climate Movement, to New York State Nurses Association. We've got folks in New York City, like the New York City Environmental Justice Alliance out in Buffalo. We've got Push Buffalo. We cover every corner of the state. We cover all the different economic sectors. We cover justice organizations. And we've all come together with one central goal, and that is to create a climate justice transition in New York State to get us off of fossil fuels and to invest in communities that need the investment the most. Does that mean you are the lobbying arm of all these groups that come together? We all work together on all different aspects of the work. So we've got organizations who are showing up in lobbying in Albany. We have organizations that are organizing in their own communities to do community outreach and education and to work with local lawmakers there. We have folks who are working in their churches every Sunday and in their synagogues every weekend to educate and activate folks around the state around climate justice. Okay, well, let's go a little deeper now. We had a summer of intense climate events. We had wildfires, smoke from Canada, wildfires in Maui. We've had flooding, one extreme storm after another, and it just doesn't seem we're doing enough. And despite your efforts at the close of the legislative session, you note that without bold leadership from elected officials, quoting New York Renews press yeah. release now, will only get worse. New York saw the highest pollution levels in the world that was with the wildfire smoke the same week that key climate jobs and justice legislation, including the New York Heat Act, the Climate Superfund Act, and the Just Energy Transition Act passed the Senate but stalled in the Assembly. While the governor stayed silent, we can point out, of course, that there's huge Democratic majorities in the legislature. Assembly, usually known as a fairly progressive House, how come we're not moving on that? Yeah, we have a lot more to do here. And when we talk about the climate crisis, we can't talk about that without talking about how we got here. And we've got, for far too long, we've got corporate polluters, fossil fuel companies, and for-profit utilities raking in billions of dollars by treating our earth, our air, our water as an inexhaustible resource that they can just use for their own personal profit. And they put us in this position. So we need leadership in New York State to start moving us forward to really address the crisis that's before us. 
that's what New York Renews is going to be working on in this coming legislative session with the Climate Jobs and Justice Package. Last session, we had key pieces of legislation that had tremendous support in the legislature. They should have passed last year, and we're committed to advancing them in 2024 and making sure that they're signed by the governor. And these bills, like you said, they include the New York Home Energy Affordable Transition Act, which is called New York HEAT, the Climate Change Superfund Act, and the Just Energy Transition Act. And these three bills are bills that are going to move New York State in the direction we need to go in. We need to, first of all, make polluters pay. Again, these companies are making money hand over fist at our community's expense. For example, in the first three months of 2023, ExxonMobil's profits rose to $11.34 billion. Chevron brought in a record $6.5 billion in profits, and that's at our expense. They're dumping their pollution into New York State communities while continuing to just rake in the money. So the Climate Change Superfund Act will hold these polluters accountable and hold them responsible for the solution for the damage that they've caused. So that's one bill that we need to enact this year, and that's got a lot of support throughout the legislature. Another one, New York Heat Act. This is a New York, again, New York Home Energy Affordable Transition Act. That's going to decouple New York's regulatory ties to fossil fuels, to fracked gas. So it will unrig the system. It'll free our state to build cutting-edge electric and thermal energy networks and to make sure that all of these upgrades benefit working people first. So those are two of the big bills that we're working on to address the climate crisis this year. In addition, we're also working to create a plan to move New York's most polluting fossil fuel power plants into renewable energy hubs. And we're doing that through the Just Energy Transition Act. So those are three bills that New York Renews is supporting this year that has tremendous amount of support in the legislature and that we're working to get across the finish line. And then the last thing I'll mention on the session to come is that we've got a big budget conversation coming up in New York State. And folks realize, I think at this point, you know, we can talk about our values all we want. But when you want to see what somebody really values, you look at where they spend their money. And New York State is not investing enough in climate solutions. Everyone agrees that we need exponentially more investment. The governor's office agrees, the state agencies agree, NYSERDA agrees, and advocates agree. We need at least 10 to $25 billion a year investment. The New York State is working right now to draft regulations that are going to create a system that will cap greenhouse gas emissions and drive investments into funding for climate solutions. But we cannot wait for those regulations. We need to start investing right away. We need to do that in this budget cycle. And we've got projects that are ready across the state to get off the ground that will help make air cleaner, people's homes more comfortable, warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer, and help to reduce greenhouse gases all at the same time. We need those investments. So for a New York Renews perspective, those are four big pieces we're looking at. We're speaking with Catherine Nadeau, who is with New York Renews, as well as Deputy Director of Catskill Mountain Keeper. And we're talking about the environment. We learn, of course, that this summer was the hottest summer on record. I mean, I don't think there's any question now. Yeah. 
that the climate situation is dire. Now, when I spoke with the head of the state Republican Party, Ed Cox, I've also spoken with both minority leaders in the Assembly and the state Senate, and I asked them about climate change. And almost in equal measure, they talk about how it's too little. New York stands not to benefit financially if we do this because it would require a whole plan from the federal government. And so basically, we shouldn't be participating in this. But yet there's this whole piece, which is jobs. In fact, we have a $4.2 billion environmental bond Green Jobs Act that was passed. And yet in order to get this done, don't we need cooperation from the other party? Oh, yes. Absolutely. We need a big tent, right? The only way we're going to address a big challenge like the climate crisis is if everybody is working in the same direction. So we absolutely need all of our legislators to support investments and to support programs that are going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions while they make New Yorkers air cleaner to breathe, water cleaner to drink, and make our homes, you know, again, more comfortable and healthier. All of this is completely within reach. We need to start working to get there. And to people who think or say New York is too small or that we can't possibly make a difference, that is flat out wrong. And a lot of this messaging that we see is coming directly from the fossil fuel companies who stand to benefit from the status quo, who stand to benefit from New Yorkers continuing to throw our hard-earned cash into these fossil fuels, which are killing us. So that line of reasoning is absolutely invalid. New York moves markets. When we set up programs and laws that are strong here to create climate justice, to support low-income New Yorkers, to support black and brown communities as we move into a just, equitable, and climate-friendly future, we are leading the nation. And we have seen evidence of this time and time again. When you look at President Biden and the federal government's Justice 40 initiative, this was an initiative that was modeled on New York State's landmark Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. So to the naysayers, all I can say is please think hard about where this message has come from, who benefits when we repeat these lies, and come on board and start working for a clean future for our families, for our kids, and for their kids, because that is what we need. We need everybody working towards climate jobs and justice. And when we create climate solutions, we create jobs. It is as simple as that. We're well, putting New Yorkers to work. Let me quote your own report from June that says, fully funding the Climate and Community Protection Fund would, along with the state's newly created Climate Action Fund, CAF, create more than 90,000 jobs across New York State. I'm sure you're putting yeah. those reports in the hands of legislators. We absolutely are. And these are family-sustaining jobs. These are jobs that support our communities. And, you know, whenever you're building something, you're hiring people, right? You're putting people to work. And when we are talking about investing people's homes by providing things like retrofits, like providing more insulation by removing asbestos, removing lead, and providing a tighter home that holds on to warm air in the winter, holds on to cool air in the summer. Those are New York jobs that we're creating, those workers that go in to do that work. When we are building clean energy solutions, when we're building solar, when we're building wind, when we're building thermal energy networks, those are New York jobs. And so that's what this comes down to. We can create more than 90,000 jobs. We can do it here at home. And we can do it while making our air cleaner, providing ourselves with cleaner drinking water and healthier communities. So this is a fantastic opportunity for all New Yorkers to help address the issues that are plaguing us. 
You're hearing the voice of Catherine Nadeau of New York Renews. They're a coalition of groups looking to right the ship when it comes to the environment and climate change, specifically in New York. Now, the issue for me is, and this always comes down to this, particularly when you look at something like trying to clean up spaces or identify those polluted spaces to clean up. And this has been a problem in states all across the country and the federal government time and time again. My over 30 years experience covering New York state government and politics, one of the things that often gets lost in all of this is enforcement. We can pass all the regulation and rules we want, but where are the bodies on the ground doing the work? Yeah, you know, follow through enforcement and we call it implementation, but it's all really the same thing. Turning these laws into action is going to take a robust state workforce, frankly. We need more investment at the Department of Environmental Conservation to make sure that they've got the staff they need to put these laws into action. We need staff at the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, which people call NYSERDA. Those are staff that are working to put clean energy solutions to work. So all of these need tremendous investment. The DEC especially has been underinvested in for decades. And so when we look towards the state budget, that's another place where we can see real action on this and where we need Governor Hochul to step up and you know invest in the state and invest in the people who are doing the work. By the way, I want to go back to the Environmental Bond Act for a minute. That's a lot of money, $4.2 sure. billion. Are you able to take advantage of that? How does that those funds now get used? Yeah. So the Environmental Bond Act is a $4.2 billion investment that New Yorkers went to the polls and overwhelmingly supported. We voted directly to invest this type of money into shovel-in-the-ground projects across New York State. Over a billion of those dollars is going to go directly to climate projects, and that is fantastic. We need those investments to start moving forward. The one thing I'll say, though, is that it's a piece of what we need, and it is one-time funding. We also need ongoing commitments to climate solutions, to everything from transitioning, building more charging stations for EVs, to transitioning buildings, to building large-scale energy solutions, all of these things. Those are ongoing commitments that we need as well. So while the Bond Act was absolutely amazing and it demonstrated overwhelming support for environmental funding across party lines and across New York State, we still need the state legislature and the governor to commit to funding in the budget every single year. One of the areas that keeps coming up again and again, if you pollute, you should pay for it. Make the ultra-rich pay for what they owe is part of your platform as well. And that's easier said than done for sure. And in the era where companies that make billions don't mind paying millions of dollars in fines, I'm wondering if you should even go further if they're going to continue to pollute the environment. Well, while there are lots of solutions out there, the one that we're pushing legislatively and that has a ton of support in the legislature is the Climate Change Superfund Act. And again, this is based on that whole principle of polluters have to pay for their mess, right? We've got a Superfund in New York State to deal with toxic pollution on the ground. This law would take that same principle and say to polluting fossil fuel industry companies whose products have been blowing greenhouse gases, have been blowing toxic pollution into our communities for decades, to hold them accountable for their part of the pollution and for those costs. 
And so the Climate Superfund Act will make corporate polluters pay for their toxic pollution and not New Yorkers. It's projected to raise billions of dollars a year to tackle climate change, to improve New York's electric grid, and to improve public health statewide. So this is a bill that we wholeheartedly support, and we're looking to the legislature to pass this year and to get across Governor Hochul's desk. Well, you can only imagine that in this case, the polluters are going to fight this tooth and nail. And oh, as yeah. many have said in the past, wait a minute, when we started polluting, these laws weren't passed. There were no regulations. We are allowed to do it. In many cases, they'll say the state let us do it. Well, when it comes down to it, though, you know, it is not New Yorkers who have been. I'm sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> when it comes right down to it. This is going to shift the bill for paying for climate change that fossil fuel companies have caused with their ongoing lies, with their manipulation. Fossil fuel companies have known since for decades, they've known for decades the amount of harm they're they're pushing throughout the world. And so shifting the burden of the cost for climate cleanup from New Yorkers to The companies that have caused it is exactly what we need to be doing. And the bill, you know, this law would require polluters, to the largest greenhouse gas emitters, to pay $3 billion annually for the next 25 years for the damage they have done. And this number hasn't come out of the clear blue sky. This has come through rigorous accounting for how much these companies have polluted into our atmosphere and how much they owe New Yorkers for the cleanup. So... When it comes right down to it, it's a basic issue of fairness, right? If you are causing harm, you need to be held responsible for that. The biggest polluters are causing the most harm. They can and should be held accountable. They should be the ones who are paying for the cleanup, not working New Yorkers. And by all accounts, they're harming the most vulnerable, which would be the poor and children. Yes. Absolutely. Low-income communities, communities of color, indigenous communities, these are the folks who have been hurt most by corporate pollution by these major oil companies. And it's only right that the oil companies pay their fair share to help get New York State back on the right track and to help address the issues that caused in these communities. Well, I'd like to get an update, and we're speaking with Catherine Nando, who is with New York Renews, a coalition of groups working to improve the climate. She's also the deputy director of Catskill Mountain Keeper, one of the members of that coalition under New York Renews. Back in May of this year, the coalition launched a multi-pronged push against National Grid. I think mm. we know who they are, the power producer, provider. Stop spreading disinformation, including false data about New York's nation-leading climate law. You've mentioned this just in general today about others who represent or participate in fossil fuels spreading disinformation. The second thing, drop out and desist from participating in the fossil fuel front group, New Yorkers for Affordable Energy, NYFAE. Can you you give us an update on National Grid and what's happening? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that New York Renews was seeing and continues to see is fossil fuel companies are fighting for dear life. They know that their poisonous, toxic products are coming under scrutiny. They know that they're going to be held accountable for the pollution and the damages that they've caused. New York State is leading the way, and there are states around the country that are following, to start shutting down the amount of toxic and deadly fossil fuels we are burning. So they're doing everything they can to hold on for dear life. And that includes massive public misinformation campaigns about what the law is and what it does. I mean, we saw an entire 
I'm sure you saw this too, David, an entire conversation coming out about Governor Hochul is coming for people's stoves, all sorts of things, trying to use whatever stair tactics they can to get people riled up. And National Grid was part of a front group that was instigating a lot of these false claims and this bad rhetoric. Um, and so we're calling on the utility, right? The utility is supposed to be a service provider. It's supposed to provide a much needed service, right? Electricity and power to people's homes. It's not supposed to be out there advocating against its customers' health and well-being, which is exactly what the utility was doing and is doing by participating in this front group. So we're calling on them to step back. I don't know that they've heard our calls yet, but hope springs eternal that the utilities will come around and realize not only do people not want to be poisoned by toxic fossil fuels, not only do people not want the hottest summer in the world to become the coolest summer for the rest of our lives, we actually want our service providers out there working with us and for us. So hopefully National Grid and others will take the cue and start really becoming true partners in the just energy transition that we need. Well, I want to end the program, and we're speaking with Catherine Nando of New York Renews with the idea of protecting pollinators and the Birds and the Bees Protection Act. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah. Another potential crisis is what's happening with pollinators. Each year, we're reading more and more about colony collapses of honeybees. We're reading about fewer and fewer butterflies and fewer monarchs making the migration each year. And one of the big causes is a class of chemicals called neonicotinoids or neonics, which are applied to seeds. They're actually painted right onto seeds and seed coatings so that the chemicals get absorbed by the plant and then it kills plant pests. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't only target any one type of insect. They harm all insects. Bees are tremendously important. One out of every three bites of food we take, we can thank pollinators and bees for. So when we've got a class of chemicals that is known to contribute to colony collapses, is known to contribute to poisoning pollinators, it just makes good sense to stop using that class of chemicals. So we've got a bill before Governor Hochul right now, Birds and Bees Protection Act, which would limit the use of neonics. It would not take them out of regulators' hands entirely. It would still allow for their use in very specific circumstances where the benefits outweigh the harms. But it would take them out of a lot of the common uses. So it's before Governor Hochul. We're calling on her. We're very hopeful that she will sign the bill. That would be a huge help to all of our all of our pollinator friends throughout New York State. I'm afraid we're out of time. Our guest has been Catherine Nado, staff supervisor for New York Renews, a coalition of over 360 environmental justice, faith, labor, and community groups working to protect the environment. They fight for good jobs, climate justice, and they say they're not finished yet. Find out more at nyrenews.org. And Catherine is also the deputy director with Catskill Mountain Keeper, which you can get to through catskillmountainkeeper.org. Catherine, thank you for your advocacy, for coming on the Capital Connection, and I hope you'll come back in the future and update us on any progress you might have made. I'd love to do that. Thank you so much, David.
Support for the Capital Connection comes from New York State United Teachers, working to support students, educators, and public schools as the center of their communities through the Public Schools Unite Us initiative.